forever. Dog. Their stories became their lives. This week on the podcast, Netflix's The Midnight Club. Welcome to Teen Creeps, the podcast that discusses YA Pulp Fiction. I'm one of your hosts, Lindsay Katai. I'm another one of your hosts, Kelly Nugent. And we are discussing today uh, Mike Flanagan's adaptation of The Midnight Club for Netflix based on 10 Christopher Pike books, Mm. I believe. Or no. No. Eight? Eight? Nine? Because it's... All right. So so it's... It is... um, So Midnight Club... Pull up the episodes that are Dude, I am the getting the craziest deja vu right now. This is so weird. <laughs> well, we did do this literally at the end of recording our last episode where I pulled up the... No, 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 oh, okay. no. Like, we were recording... It's gone now, but it. I just must be tired. It was just, like, legit deja vu. It was <laughs> literally, like, we were recording something. We were, like, trying to f- map out which episodes were which and, like, oh, my God. It's fine. I'm back. Deja vu is <laughs> creepy. It is. It is uh, creepier than this show. Anyway, yeah, the show was not just very to give scary. you a little preview of. <laughs> it was not very scary. I um, I liked some of the I liked some of the stories. I did like some of the stories, like the children's. You know, seven books total. Were seven. Adapted. So it would be Midnight Club, Wicked Heart, Road to Nowhere, Give Me a Kiss, Give Me a See kiss, You Later, Witch, and the Eternal Witch, Enemy. Eternal Enemy. Okay, seven, yeah. Um, oh, right, because they do the ending of Witch and the ending of Eternal uh, Wicked Heart. Or, yeah, sorry, you're right, Wicked Heart. Uh, in At the end. Midnight. And the first and last, no, the first two episodes and the last episode are not adaptations of No, they're like the setting the they're, they're just the show itself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so just real quick, my, my overall takeaway is that I didn't love it. Yeah. It was yeah. like a fine show. Mm-hmm. It was like a fine Mike Flanagan show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in my opinion, a uh, not satisfying adaptation of Christopher Pike's work. Yeah, I would say... It didn't say feel like the books to me. It, d- it didn't feel like the books. It There were certain, like, um, some of the little stories did, like um, the noir one. Um, yeah, he turned Give Me a Kiss into... A noir, which really like shone a light on how like fun and pulpy Christopher Pike's writing can be. Yeah. Um, so that one I thought was like yeah. felt which weirdly also, I cracked up at, and obviously there are going to be spoilers. Yeah. Throughout this for both the show and the books, um, we've covered so far all of these books we have already covered on the podcast. Mm-hmm. But I will sort of you and I both reread Midnight Club, and you also reread two others. I reread Wicked Heart, and that was it. <laughs> and I tried to reread Road to Nowhere. Unfortunately, it turns out it is harder to read while breastfeeding <laughs> than when I thought think. it was going to be. Uh, I can watch TV just fine, but somehow when I'm reading, it's like she knows and she gets really fussy. I wonder if also... It was really annoying. <laughs> It, it might also be the like physicalness of like holding a book 
as opposed to like I wonder if you were well, to but, like, like I'll hold my phone in my other hand. No, but that's different because a book it's like, it's like you have to turn the pages. You have to like yeah, turning the it, it's much it's, easier. Yeah, you, if you were on a Kindle, to read on my Kindle has been a struggle. Really? Yeah, because I'm trying to read our to read. outside genre. She doesn't want you to book, read book. Um, which uh, quick plug for our Patreon this this month on our. Uh, outside genre episode for our eight dollar and up uh, donors. We are reading Thursday Murder Club. Yes, Thursday, Thursday Murder, Murder Club. Club. Uh, it's very so far. I'm loving it. Suggested by uh, one of the or the winner of the raffle. I just realized he may not want his name read. Right. Um, so we'll we'll see. So we'll, we'll ask him because um, he's, he's one of our he's one of our fifteen dollar a month donors, and he uh, chooses not to have his name read. Yeah, uh, so but, we will see. So you know who you are, and so far we're really loving that book. So thank you for the yeah. suggestion. But yeah, I, so I'm trying to read that on Kindle, and even that is a struggle. I don't like what, why? why? She doesn't like why? it. She doesn't like you. Why doesn't? It. Why does my daughter hate literacy? Well, what you need to do is project. Ugh, she's probably Republican. She's probably Republican. Project the because if you were reading like, yeah, if I was reading like. Uh, like fucking Tucker Carlson book, she'd probably be she fine. Probably, with it. She would sleep so soundly. She's well, against should, librarians. I can already tell. You, you she should um, like our youth project like book pages onto the wall and see <laughs> if you like if you're reading that. Will she know? Um, yeah, maybe so, that would work. Because I'm rewatching all of The Good Wife with no problem. I've watched so much TV with her. Oh wow! You're, wow that's such what a what a what an event to rewatch all of The Good Wife. Yeah, it's because I'm running out of shit. <laughs> Of shows, of new shows. Oh my I've god! Watched girl. Everything I've watched, so, I've watched more TV than I have, and I, I'm, I watch a lot of TV already, but just hours, 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 and hours of breastfeeding a day. Oh yeah, my god, it takes so long. And like, what are you to she do feeds for so long? Um, and what am I to do exactly? I've tried reading. No, Mm-mm. incorrect. Try nice try, Lindsay. Fail. Nice you can't try, read. mom. Um. Anyway, so I started to reread. No, wrote to nowhere um with the uh, popcorn <laughs> and, and, uh, and freedom jack freedom jack which i'm sorry to say one of my favorite christopher pike books and my least favorite adaptation you know it was in interesting show. because the like casting what yeah. elliot from et as freedom jack well also he uh has been in many of um Mike Flanagan's things. Yeah, he's sort of in the the Flanagan repertory players. Yes, and I think he has been better cast for other things. Um, I don't think I he's th- a bad actor. I think it's bad casting. I think it was insane casting yes. to put him in this. Like <laughs> I literally was like, "What?" Th- me too. I texted you immediately. I was like, I know. "Excuse me," and I forgot. And then I texted you, and I was yeah. like, "The te- the casting for Road to Nowhere is wackadoo." I thought the girl was good. The girl playing Poppycorn. I she liked her good. as Poppycorn quite a bit. Yeah, she was very very good. Um, but him, ju- it it didn't work. I also will say there. I I do think that there was some. I thought that the woman that plays their teacher is really good, or not teacher. Their well, that head, is Heather. Heather, what's her face from Nightmare on Elm Street? Listen, I'm going to tell you something. The adults in this ripped. They were so good. Like she was Zach really Gilford. good. I also um, thought that Heather. the woman that plays the cultist woman, I thought she oh, was I good. I love her. She seemed she was in Midnight Mass, so she sort of seems yeah. to be now in the the repertory. Her and Zach Guilford are both in Midnight Mass. Ma- Mike Flanagan's uh, show just before mm. this one. Um, I really like her a lot. I can't. I don't know that I've seen her in anything else, but she is 
so phenomenal. Like, she was like, she was just someone you love to watch magnetic like when yes, she was yes, on I screen i was like <gasps> her name is slamantha her name is samantha sloyan <laughs> wow she was great she was Slo-mantha. so magnetic i was so interested in her yeah um same she just has that je ne sais quoi you know mm-hmm. which makes uh, sense for the character she's playing yes um mm-hmm. i also thought Heather langenkamp who that's dr georgina stanton oh she was great yeah also great um of the kids, so instead of Doctor White, as in the book, um, mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. is it is this woman in the show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I also thought of the kids. The guy that plays, I thought that the guy that plays the kid that has the brain tumor thing, I thought he was good. Mm, he was really mesh. good. Yeah. Yes. That actor's very, name is Sarian Sepkota. He was such a good actor. Or yeah. Is. Like him not a dead. lot. I really liked. Um, oh, the religious girl. Cherie. I liked her. Yeah, and I really liked Sandra. So uh, Cherie is played by an actress named Adia. Just one name. And oh, yeah. Sandra played by an actress named Anara Simone. Yeah, they were both really good. I, I thought they were they were also very magnetic and everybody's like names. just had so oh, much personality. And, and Anya. Um, Ruth Cobb. Oh, yeah, Anya was Anya. Too. She's fantastic. She was like, that was the only character. That was good casting. Who seemed like the character from the book? Well, I get Kevin is sort of like oh, Kevin yeah. of the book and Kevin in the show were both like blandly appealing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like blandly nice boys. Perfectly innocuous, nice mm-hmm. boys. Uh Kevin played by Igby Rigney. Okay. That is the most hilarious <laughs> name to ever exist. I'm sorry. Every time I saw it on the screen, I was like, You've got to be kidding me. Igby Rigney? <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's it's a cute name, but Igby Rigney. You, I mean, come on, come on, parents. What are you doing? I mean, um, like yeah, Kelly I liked. Nelly. I liked him. Um, he actually, I think, probably gave Kevin more of a personality than he has in the book. Yeah, he has quite a personality in the in the show. Um, Ilanka was kind of one note for me. Ilanka was played by Iman Benson. She like mm-hmm. got the emotional. I just think she needed to have a little zest. As well, but yeah, I I wasn't. I just. Part of the problem for me is I didn't really ag- agree with who they turned Ilanka into for the show. Yeah, yeah. Because I like... The the thing that I always like about Christopher Pike um, protagonists is that they are morally gray. They ha- In that... Ilanka is more flawed than... Ilanka yes. of the book is more flawed than Ilanka of the show. Because also, like... I, her, I felt like she was a little more selfish in the book... Mm-hmm. She was a little more. Um, well, she has like more to learn. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the whole. I feel <sighs> the message of the book was totally dropped, in my opinion. Well, I also wonder because this is the other issue is that it's definitely setting up for a season two, right? Yeah, so then and it's I don't like, think it's going to get one. I don't think it will either. But my question is: Is that something like we are we? expected to see a larger arc you know what i mean like a larger slower arc over multiple seasons as and as envisioned we may not actually see that yeah versus like there's always a risk short you know um yeah it's possible i just like it didn't it seem like it totally abandoned the idea that ilanka like it totally abandoned ilanka's desperate need for love yeah well she didn't she seemed pretty self-assured in that yeah she's like too confident too self-assured yeah 
The well, because also I wonder if is like a side note practically, and in the book it's like the the whole point the of what force. Ilanka needs to learn. I wonder if, and this is my question, or not, it's not my only question, but it is a question I have. I've noticed lately that there seems to be this almost pushback as a like um, a reactionary thing of like, well, it's too dated and one note to have romance be the only thing that this character. No joke. I, I, I consider that. Yeah, I think that. And I think you're right. And here, unfortunately, I think that romance is a perfectly, I think that it's like love and romance and all of that to me is completely valid. Yeah, I think as, that that's a, a valid criticism, but not, it shouldn't be blanket applied to everything. Yeah, and it shouldn't be like just because something is only about that, it doesn't mean it's bad. Exactly. It just kind of like reminds me of like people hating on like chick lit or whatever. And it's like, well, mm -hmm. yeah, maybe this isn't has for you. Place. And like, yeah. I just don't know. It's like one thing, I don't understand why you would choose to adapt this and take that out of it because it is so what the book is about. Yeah. Why, and, and here's the other thing. My question I, for Mike Flanagan on a lot of these things is, is like, I know that Mike Flanagan is a Christopher Pike super fan. Yeah. So why aren't the adaptations more faithful mm. to the work themselves? Right. Or to the I do wonder work? for, um, and, and also here's the other thing too, is that we know that Mike Flanagan is capable of writing something that is about the beauty and sadness of love. It, like, you know, Bly Manor, the ending of that is completely heartbreaking um and about love and like so i wonder why take that out of this is it because they're teenagers like i i, I don't, don't know it to me it midnight mass is about the same thing in my opinion is like his pet this is a my interpretation maybe i'm wrong and like i like mike flanagan feel free to come at me this is me interpreting what i'm seeing as a viewer mm. his pet themes are different from Christopher Pike's pet themes. Mike sure. Flanagan, to me, seems to be obsessed with the idea of there being nothing in death and that being okay. And that is an aspect of the Midnight Club, except that death is okay. But there being nothing after death is definitely not what the Midnight Club is about. No, no. Like, it's that it's all, like, life is, like, everything and, like, there's a journey. Yeah, that and, life goes on yeah. and that you're here to learn things well, and that, but that like, was the reincarnation other thing. is but, real. Lindsay, the the... Um, the episode is uh, the show, the series uh, ends with um, or not the series, the season ends with them saying that like that the story of the witch when she does when she when she tells that story that does talk about how like you go on and you like what what is it like when all I remain is love when all that remains of me is love please continue to love and like you know what I mean? That like there to me is, means there is nothing except for your love for me. Maybe, but then and, and because I, that's I, the, within but then the story, story but not not the like that's within the story that is being told at the Midnight Club and not the story of the Midnight Club itself. Right? Because like the witch is like the one where she's like goes to the Firefly place or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. I also was like Ilanka, do not read the poem to him right now. What are you doing? <laughs> Wait, which? what part at the very end when she's like tim i want you to read this poem when i'm gone oh 
Yeah, I was. And then like, she's like, "I'm gonna read it," and I was like, "Wait, why what? are you torturing your foster dad?" <laughs> yeah, like just let him read it when you're gone. Then, like, why are you doing this I, like I slam poetry at him? Think that to myself, I was like, "Well, I guess otherwise we don't hear the poem." But that's but like a then do weird, it Ivanka. in like voiceover or something <laughs> later. Like, what because do you? She doesn't. Yeah, it's find a different way. Find a different way. Like, don't, I'm agree. like, Ilanka, girl, I, what are you doing? I had that thought, too. I was like, why are you just, like, reading it? <laughs> <laughs> I also I mean, if you're, uh, loved when she was basically, and this is set in the 90s, so it's not really what she was doing, but she is essentially reading Mary Shelley's Wikipedia page to a college student at a party oh my in God. the first episode. I was cracking up. I was like, she thinks she is being, like, so insightful. <laughs> I know, but I I wonder if that's kind of to show her. Uh, I think that was maybe intentional to make her seem, you know, like I definitely would say a it, high school it is student valid at a party. At, yeah. as a high school student doing that. I don't think that's what the show was doing. I think the show thought that they were really like writing some deep shit for her. Really, I think I, that. Here's, I think here, the show thought it was doing something. Okay. And well, I'm gonna not. I'm gonna read it a a generous <laughs> reading of it, and I'm gonna say that it's. Two things happening. Mm -hmm. One, to show that she's for sure in high school at this college party. And two, to show how mm, secure she feels, you know, like she's got all this ahead of her. She feels like she like knows what life is and she doesn't because she's about to find out that she has uh, uh, fucking thyroid cancer. Yeah. I mean, this is just my opinion, but I think you are right about the first and wrong about the, or wrong, right about the second, wrong about the first. I think mm. that the show thought that they were writing Alonka as like super advanced for her age when in fact it just shows how like basic her reading of Mary Shelley is. Well, also that she can just like memorize facts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, or it's just like, it's like, yeah, high school level Mary Shelley understanding. Mm -hmm. And then, but I do agree that it was to show that she's got like her whole life ahead of her. She has all these plans. She's so excited. And then um, I I I, I think maybe like, yeah where we disagree is that I think that just she on, yeah the first I think where we disagree is that yeah like that also in that statement in that second part that like it's to show that she's delusional <laughs> <laughs> I that's what it is I don't think yeah. the writers think she's delusional um, I also will say the difference in uh, the adaptation uh, and and I think this is also a Mike Flanagan thing is that. Uh, Mike Flanagan loves to make the house a character. And mm -hmm. in this, the mansion that they're all staying at is this, it's, it is ever looming. It is very much a character. Whereas in the book, it's just the place that they're staying. And it's more about like the kids there. Yeah. Um, Mike Fl Flanagan added a whole additional plot, which is that like a cult used to stay at the house. Or, or like cult activities used to take place at the house and that is still having an effect to this day. That is a storyline that exists in the book. the thing that we see hinted at the end, two things that we see hinted at the end for a season two that we may or may not see is uh, one is that, oh my gosh, this, uh, I keep calling her a teacher, uh, doctor. doctor that owns doctor the place. Stanton. Dr. Stanton has the tattoo of the cult on the back of her neck. Mm-hmm. And she's games. wearing a wig. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? And then two, that the like weird ghosts that Ilanka has been seeing are the ghosts of the people that originally built the, the mansion. 
Yeah, I'm not uninterested in that storyline, but I think it was poorly threaded. Oh, because it like sometimes didn't throughout. exist. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> what was shown was like there was no real satisfying payoff. I think that's like maybe seeds for uh, season two, perhaps. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And but I still think that you have to have it be sat have some satisfying oh, yeah, payoff something. in season one for it. Yeah. You can't save it Because otherwise all. it's just like just slight hints. Very slight. Yeah. So slight. And um, yeah, I don't, I'm cool with that extra storyline being created because Midnight Club really is just like it's a, a meditation on death. Yeah. A series of stories being told and like, ooh, yeah, like a meditation on what it means to be alive and why we're here as mm-hmm. people. And that can be so difficult I get needing to, yeah. additional story for a TV show. And I think it, I'm a hundred percent into the idea of there being a creepy cult there that like fed off people it's like a a hospice where a cult tried to do like healing rituals Mm -hmm. that's cool i just didn't think it was well executed unfortunately i liked the twist that that lady was julia jane Mm -hmm. well i I thought that was i mean yeah of course red hair come on come on she has red hair She's like, I keep trying to get close to this house and the lady won't let me. She's obsessed with healing. Yeah, yeah. she's so obsessed with herbal remedies. <laughs> I'm like, okay, she's like up to something. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't trust her from day one. Uh, Ilanka was, I, I get it that you're like desperate, right? She was pretty dumb though. She, <laughs> <laughs> like when she, when, when the lady's like, hey, like come hang out here. And it's like very cult-like. And she's like, oh, cool. I think I should go back to the house. I was like, okay, and you're not going to go back, right? And you're not going to go back, right? <laughs> <laughs> and and you're not going to go back, right? It's like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the Padme and. Yeah, uh, the Padme thing. Yeah. Anakin meme. <laughs> but she's fucking there. Um, I, okay, let's talk about the like different. Because uh, I would say as an adaptation of the Midnight Club, mm-hmm. there were parts, there were, there were, there were flashes in the pan where I was like, oh, this does feel like it, but as a whole, I don't think that it felt like The Midnight Club, the book. Um, but there there were different little stories in there, and I did like the idea of using other Christopher Pike books as some of the stories oh, that each of the characters was telling. Yeah. yeah, and kind of like, and I also like, you know, that the characters, as they're telling the stories, they're playing the characters, and it's kind of interesting to see who the storyteller chooses to cast in each of these stories. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting. Um, the, okay, so Wicked Heart is the first one. Um, I felt like there's a lot of missed opportunity there. Now, I understand not wanting to include the Nazis. <laughs> I understand it's complicated. Well, and like, if you're if just you s- doing it in flashes. Well, and I will say this. I always have trouble with stories that say that some otherworldly or supernatural thing made this atrocity happen when yeah and i think we got into this in our episode on the on the wicked heart yes yeah where it's kind of like well but people did it and like yeah it's like you're sort of taking away like the responsibility yeah i didn't and I think pro- I didn't re- I started to re-listen to our episode on the Midnight Club because I was like, I wonder, I don't, I remembered us going really hard on it. We didn't go that hard. But we didn't go that hard. And no. I'm glad because it doesn't deserve it. And I still. It's a really good book. I, and I think I, I 
on my reread, I just loved it even more. Yeah. I also think I'm in a different um, place in my life now than when I read yeah. the first one. And I'm much happier. And I don't know. I, I think I'm less jaded when it comes to ideas like love and like, like, it's so funny, like what going through a divorce will like, you would think that it makes you jaded and like, oh, well, I could never I like love sucks or whatever. You know, I don't know. Love isn't real. It's a sham or something like right. that. But in fact, like what it does is like it makes you think like find so much. I mean, at least in my experience, I can't speak this to everybody else's. There's a lot of pain, of course, but it also helps you. I don't know. You like really see the beauty in your life and you're like, I need to grab that. I need to take it with me because I didn't always I wasn't always aware of all the beauty around me and I need to I need to be. Um, and so it like I felt like breathed new light into like my friendships and and all of that where i'm like oh but like the love that i have for these people is like so beautiful and like you know what i mean mm -hmm. so i don't know now i'm like i'm like you know what that's like yeah i see it i see the idea of like this beautiful love that like this person feels like she can't live without and it's like oh but it's not about having the person if you really love someone it doesn't matter if you're with them like it's it was just really beautiful and mm -hmm. then she does get to be with him at the end Mm-hmm. I loved that. I yeah, I forgot um all the instances of them being together through their various lives. Yeah. And her having to learn the same lesson over and over again. Mm-hmm. Which is that she is love. She doesn't have like she doesn't have to right. possess love. Right. And then I also just thought it was so touching when he's like, I'll share the burden with you. Yeah, I totally forgot about that aspect. So beautiful. Like, that's why they're sick together in this life. They're sharing. Yeah. They're sharing the yeah the hardships. And then her offering that to Spencer at the yeah. end. Yeah, I was like, oh my. And then she's like, then Aww. we'll be together too. Like, I just thought that was really lovely and like really beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I also thought... Maybe it's because we're in the, you know, when you're in reading a book, you're in the character's head and you can't, you can't really do that with a show. Mm -hmm. But I also thought that Ilanka in the book, when she's convinced that she's the one who's healed mm -hmm. and we know when we're reading it, you're like, girl, you're not fucking. Yeah. Dead. She's like so sick still. And she's like, so like, she's so I feel like in denial about it. That hope that burns so brightly against this like vacuum of reality, right? Like. I thought that that was so beautifully executed and so heartbreaking. And in this, it just felt a little rushed. Like she was just like, oh, it's me. Like, I know it is. Like, I think, and, and I think that's it, right? Like, yeah, that, and she doesn't actually seem very sick. No, she hot. She's not just not like, the hot, she's too can't be hot, healthy like, looking. <laughs> she just, and, and the thing, like in the book, her having a wig is her trying to hold on to a yeah. lie. Yeah. In this, her being given the wig by the invented by Sherry. Sh Sherry character or Sherry. Um, I think it's Sherry. I think maybe it's Sherry. Maybe Sherry. Uh, it's spelled like Sherry, but I mm. forget if they pronounced it that way. Um, is seen as more like empowering? Well, to me, it seemed. Now, I, I felt like it was a fucking cop out. It was like. That's what I mean. It's like, yeah, yeah. it's like. I was like, let her be bald. Either like, let her be. It's like. It's like you just wanted the character, you just wanted the actress to have hair for the rest of it. 
Yeah. Also, when she first like. puts the wig on, I was like, this wig is terrible. Um, I know. And then the rest of it, it was like so it, nice. Like, oh, okay, it is a nice wig. But like, I mean, thank God, because the character Shuri is 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 like this daughter of a, a, a very successful actress and a successful producer whose parents basically neglect her, but just like s- sent her like <laughs> they sent her like gift bags all the time from mm-hmm. from their set. And they're basically like giving her money instead of love. Yeah. And attention. They're never there for family visitation days. But so she orders this wig for Ilanka and gives it to her. And I was like, no, in the book, the wig is a bad thing. And I'm not saying in life a wig is a bad thing. If you're sick and you want to wear a wig, wear a wig. I'm just saying in the book, it's symbolic of her trying to hold on to illusion. Right. And everyone's seeing through it. Yeah. And in this, it's just a wig. It has no symbolism. It's just this kindness that another character does for her. And that's like all well and good in and of itself. It's not all well and good, in my opinion, as an adaptation of the book. Right. It's just a different story and a different character. A cop out. Yeah, because I think like in in the book, Alonka is so self like she's so delusionally self assured and so certain of things and. Christopher Pike, Christopher Pike does a really beautiful job of like making that delusion known to us without making her seem stupid. Yeah, because it's like, or oh, well, pathetic. I would be delusional too. Yeah, it's just yeah. like symp- it's sympathetic, not pathetic. Right, exactly. And in this, I just felt like I didn't think <sighs> she did seem she needed to be a little bit more annoying, for lack of a better term. She needed to be more. Yeah, she's like, like she's too she's too much of a hero. Yeah, yeah. In the book, she's extremely fallible. She's in denial about everything. It's it's like really beautiful how every story she tells of a past life, she's casting herself as the stronger character when in fact she was the weaker character. Mm-hmm. And Kevin was the stronger character. Mm-hmm. And he knows that and she doesn't. Mm-hmm. And she can't see it. And she has to come around to it. Also, the fact that this show doesn't end with them on a spaceship in the future. Please, this is not a Christopher Pike adaptation. If you don't end on a spaceship, well, in the maybe future. that'll happen. Maybe that'll happen. It's not going to happen. The, you know, in the Kelly. series season not to come. <laughs> it was never going to happen. That was never going to be what happened. Um, I of the adaptations, though. I oh, and there's like there's other characters that are invented, right? That yeah, Asian girl, she's there are invented. Two other invented characters. Um. One is Natsuki, played by Aya Furukawa, and Amesh, we already talked about being invented. And You know what? Shuri, I actually really liked invented. that character. I liked his I character. liked all the invented characters. Yeah. I liked him. You know what's funny? I liked the, inv- and I don't think this is me being like, this isn't the book I read, mm-hmm. but I, I just in general liked the invented characters more than the adaptation characters. And I think that's because they're more because they were built true from the ground to the up. voice of the writers. Yeah. Than when they were yeah. trying to adapt Christopher Pike characters. I yeah. agree. Because I, I really oh my liked- gosh, I loved Cherie and I loved the actress playing Cherie when she gives the thing is I was criticizing the wig thing, but when she gives her the wig, I was so it was touching. touched I, and I, I was thought so it was moved. so cute. And also I was getting some ASMR from it. Oh yeah, because you love you love like <laughs> because she was placing a wig on her head yeah. and like fitting it and being like so like giving such intense personal attention and I just like love that actress's speaking voice. <laughs> oh yeah, because she has <laughs> the perfect type like, of raspy. Yes, it's like and like a, a correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe like a little bit of a speech impediment. Maybe it was just really endearing. 
Mm-hmm. There's like a little bit of a, like just the hint of a lisp. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, so I really liked Cherie and I really, I, and Sandra in the book, who cares? Sandra in the show, I loved, I loved Sandra. I loved Sandra. I oh loved gosh. Sandra. I loved her. I loved, I, uh, the angel porn thing was so funny. her so not homophobic when she's so Christian. Oh, yeah. Cause that wouldn't make but sense. But also like, like, why is she so beautiful? Woke? But Oh, and that a criticism I have, and this is not like I'm glad it was diverse. So please don't right. mistake my meaning in that way. But the characters all felt 2022. They did not feel like 90s characters. Yeah. You can well, keep the casting the same. It's the writing yeah. of the characters that felt 2022. Like I th- at one point, Ilanka says, "What in the actual fuck?" Oh that yeah, was, no, they, that we phrasing that. We was not being that. used yeah. in the 90s. That is a very now phrasing. And I just also their attitudes. Everybody was like a little bit too, like accepting. Yes, yeah. Everybody was a little bit too twenty twenty two mentality. Like everybody was well, Gen Z and not, yeah, not millennial. Because I would say that you can have her be okay with him being gay, but because she's so Christian and evangelical Christian at that, mm-hmm. I would say have her realize that there. Yeah, like have it be something she comes around to because right. she also kind of. Like, she's mad at him, doesn't see why he's upset with her. Yeah. But then turns around and apologizes to him. There was like a weird 180 in one of the episodes where it was yeah. like, I thought you were she goes to Yeah, she goes to his room to expecting him to apologize. Yeah. Which I was like, oh, this tracks. Yeah, exactly. But then, and then like, all of a sudden she's like, wow. I'm so sorry. Wait, was and it because she heard every, his story? All the bright things. No, because she told the story. It was after she t- oh, right. told that was her forgiveness story. Yeah, give me a kiss was like her apology story, kind of. I did. Yeah. I really laughed at the fact that, like, I, I laughed about the angel porn joke. That was so funny. Um, and that she couldn't stop doing it. Even her, yeah. she's like, I can't <laughs> help like, myself oh, with angel it. porn. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really laughed at calling out that herpes turn from give me a kiss. Yeah. I thought that was so funny that the characters in the movie are like, Wait, she killed him because she got a cold sore. Yeah, <laughs> from him. And I know. And she's it like, really it's really serious. That you guys. Sandra would be would think that that was like a big deal. Well, yeah, because it feels so sheltered and it feels so also like dated for her to be like. Yes, and it was oral herpes. And you guys, like, it is a big deal. It stays with you for life. Yeah, and everyone's like, so like a cold sore. <laughs> Like everyone Which has we that. We did when we read the book. I know. So funny. So I really liked that it was calling it out. So like it wasn't, but in general, like all these characters felt too enlightened politically. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and I would have loved, I, I want them to be there eventually. It's just like. It if you have an evangelical is, Christian character in the 90s. Yeah. With a gay character with AIDS. Yeah. There's going to be some friction. Yeah. In the 90s. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For sure. Because she was giving me some like Westboro Baptist vibes at certain points. Yeah. And all of a sudden she's like, but I don't judge you. Like. And God doesn't judge you. And it's it's like you were saying. It's like, yeah, it's one thing if she gets there. Yeah. It's another to just like have her be there. Yeah. Um, Um. yeah, I I, I think it's good that we knew Spencer had AIDS from the get-go. And I really like how they dealt with his being like so upset when he gets a cut he like freaks out and he runs off and he's like really afraid of mm-hmm. of anybody else touching his blood and it being like no that's not how you get it 
Mm-hmm. I liked Mark, the male nurse. Oh, yeah. I liked him a lot. Wow. I can't believe I had to say male nurse. I know. <laughs> that is so sexist of me. I know. Um, Mark, the nurse, um, played by Zach Guilford. He was great. He's, but then again, it's like he takes him out to this activist group that feels very now, not 90s activists. Mm-hmm. I liked giving him that story. I understand why you cut him feeling guilty about giving it to a partner. Yeah. But just in general, all these characters felt so 2022 and not 90s at all. Right. Uh, they did not feel 90s. Um, in the writing. No. And I will say, because like, that's the thing, like the kids in Stranger Things, they do feel 80s. Yes. Or like the um, the kids in... Uh, in uh, www. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Teen Creeps. <laughs> uh, Stand by me, uh, which we covered on our uh, outside genre episode. Um, felt very sixties. Felt very sixties. Yes, yeah. or whatever 50s, the fuck time they were supposed to be. But like you know, you can write kids feeling like that. This did not. It just felt like people kind of dressed in nineties clothes, and then like, like barely. Also, the main character was too hot. Alonka was too hot. She well, like, needed Alonka to be. Alonka in the book is pretty, but she she's too healthy. But she's emaciated yeah. and like. I would say it's one thing if she's hot, but she can't also be healthy hot. No, she's healthy hot. She looks totally fine. Mm-hmm. Anya is the only one who really looked sick. Or um, uh, uh, the guy with the brain tumor. A little bit of mesh. Yeah. Yeah, a mesh. Now, I actually really loved the moment, and I thought this was a beautiful acting moment for him. <laughs> When he's set, talking about how he sees, he's like losing his faculties. And we see it happening throughout the... Yeah, that was really... The show. And it was really, I thought, well done. Like he would slur his words every once in a while. And then like there is one point where he like tries to get up on the uh, table for an exam and like slips. And the nurse is like, Mailman. you know, if you are losing your you know if you're having additional symptoms you should tell me and he's like no i'm just like doing a bit it's funny it's like physical comedy yeah (laughs) and and then when he finally admits because he's denying it the whole time denying it the whole time and then he finally admits to um i actually really liked their romance i liked them Mm -hmm. um i really liked i I thought it was a really interesting storyline to give um natsuki that she tried to take her own life yeah. And then that weirdly led to her diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And she found mm-hmm. that she wanted to live. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a really touching storyline. And I understand giving her road to nowhere. Yeah, me too. And I understand making Freedom Jack and Poppycorn aspects of her personality. Mm-hmm. But boo. For me, the casting was just so weird. Boo. That I was like, Because what? then we're not getting a real road to nowhere adaptation. True. Because I but love you know what? You can't have it all. We're not getting their story. I know. I know. I know. I know. It's such an interesting idea to adapt so many of the Christopher Pike stories for a book in which characters are telling each other stories. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's it really cool. burns through so many Christopher Pike books. And you you're know not what? getting the full thing that you want. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I, I, I so did like. A real, like... Um, it's a double edged sword. Mm hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a double-edged sword with any adaptation. It's like, well, then that's the thing that you get. True. Um, 
I I did like that story despite, and I, I liked how it was executed despite like feeling very strange about the casting. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked, I don't know, I really liked how it played out and then also how she was like, well, I told the story in a different way because it's too sad how it's normally told. And then she like really tells him about her depression and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I kind of liked how her depression was manifesting too, where she wasn't showering and she wasn't leaving her room mm-hmm. and the way he was, oh my God, I actually thought this part was really cute when he's like, okay, like he's like, oh, so we're going to like hang out tonight. And she's like, um, I'm just like feeling kind of weird. So I'm just going to stay in. I don't really want to see anybody. And he's like, okay, cool. He's like, yeah, I'll just um sit outside your room and like get you stuff if you want it. And she's like, well, that's kind of creepy. And he's like, yeah, I was just kidding. But I was like, that's so cute yeah. that he would do that. I was like, that's so sweet. Mm-hmm. Like, are you kidding me? Like, the whole idea of I would do anything for you, I don't know why, like, now to me, that's, like, so sweet, as opposed to, I think, like, years ago when I was in an unhappy marriage, I was like, oh, that's, like, so cheesy and teen dream, but I don't know. I think there's a place for teen dream shit, and, like, what just if it's, love is as beautiful. we've talked about a lot, if it's the right person, yeah, you want yeah. that. If it's the wrong person, you don't. Oh my God. Okay, wait. So can I tell you about this thing that happened on Twitter today? This will date when oh, we record right, it. Yes. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. The okay, date okay. is so. Sunday, October 23rd. The time is 2.37 p.m. So this person, this this tweet has fucking blown up. Um, It is, this person tweeted, my husband and I wake up oh, every morning and- This yes. happened yesterday. Yeah. I, so oh, I it was yesterday? Know about it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, on the 21st. But it's insane. Birthday. Yeah. Okay, so my, birth, oh, my husband and I... 20, oh, it didn't even happen Two yesterday. days ago. I, I days? read about it yesterday. Okay. Continue. So let's discuss this. <laughs> the tweet is, my husband and I wake up every morning and bring our coffee out to our garden and sit and talk for hours. Every morning, it never gets old and we never run out of things to talk to. to, talk to. I think she means about uh, love him so much. I read that and I was like, aw, that's cute for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what a sane person does when yeah. they see that. I was like, oh, that's like really sweet. And like the internet on the other hand. We should all strive to like have <laughs> such a lovely relationship where like th- your love gives you so much joy. And the internet went fucking crazy. I cannot believe the reactions to this fucking tweet. I was having such a good time with the reactions oh, to the reactions. Oh my word. So. They were, oh my God, they were so funny. I read one. Let me see. I think I retweeted it because it was so funny. Yes. Okay. Vinny Thomas tweeted. <laughs> Yes, I will never tire of this Thomas. website. Someone will say I love spending time with my husband and the replies are all like, wow, that's great for you, but I am allergic to bees. <laughs> <laughs> Some of my favorite, um, I don't know, uh, I follow Ashley Reese uh, mm-hmm. at Offbeat, Offbeat or Bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's her handle. Um, she was retweeting and, and giving some of my... Re- favorite replies <laughs> let me see if i can find some of them because it, the internet just straight up lost its mind people were like okay so you're ableist and also yeah. classist uh, you're ableist and classist and i can't believe that you would uh flaunt your riches and your ability to be outside um in this manner and like someone was like well guess oh, what here's- i have chronic pain <laughs> And it's oh, like, here's one okay. uh, at written by Hannah, another great account to follow. Uh, no, a woman really said she drinks coffee with her husband yeah. and y'all started acting like she was a part of the one percent. Yeah, seriously. And it's like, like, wow, you can really find ways to. <laughs> oh, man, because some of the replies to this were like, here's some like Ken Klippenstein tweeted some of the replies. Um, 
uh, this is lovely, but I'm going to assume y'all have a lot of money. Most people don't have the option. Another reply. I wake up every day with chronic pain, tarsal tunnel tarsal tunnel syndrome and wash my OCD medication down with an ice oat milk latte but whatever potato potato am I right that one I was like what What? why are you making this about you here's my take lovely intention but when I read it I felt cringe as well not because she's living her best life with her love but unintentionally coming off to the rightfully bitter rightfully bitter people unbelievable (laughs) rightfully bitter people who a don't have gardens which can be extremely therapeutic and two would also and then it just (laughs) 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 and then somebody somebody said that lady said she's she enjoys mornings with her husband and folks said not on my watch Because I truly was like this, like I saw it and I was like, oh, that's so cute. Like, I love that. And just moved on with my day. And then there were people that were like, wow, it must be nice to not wake up with chronic pain and have a garden. The, The height of luxury. The fucking gall of you to talk about your pleasant life. And also, when here I am with an unpleasant one. There is this vibe that I've been seeing, vibe. Where people are like, oh, I perceive you to be more privileged than me. Then you don't deserve love. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, or like, then you need to like, never say anything ever. You don't get to like, speak. You shouldn't be on Twitter if you aren't in chronic pain or uh, have money. <laughs> yeah. And also, that's the other thing. It's like, sit in our garden. For all we know, it's a fucking, like, little patch. You know what I mean? Like It could be a patio. Yeah. A patio with a plant and people would still be freaking out. Yeah. Uh, somebody... Oh, people were mad that they have time in the morning? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. People were mad that they don't have to be at work immediately. Also, they don't know how early these people are getting up. Yeah. And also, like, they don't... Like, they could be, like... <sighs> also, who, like, who gives a fuck? People to be able to live like this? Isn't yeah. it your hope that you would yeah. live like this? So let them live like this. Let them live like this. And it's not even like, who cares? Who cares? And here's the other thing. Can I say that? I think someone pointed it out. They were saying, I, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was, but someone was saying like that she either was going to be seen as a trad wife or like, I, I can't remember what it was, but it was like basically that she's fucked no matter what. And then this is the other thing I was thinking that, if he if a man had tweeted that everyone would be like oh my god but like because Possibly. she tweeted that people were Possibly. like yeah you know um some other i i love it when people um like trot out some some like tweets summing up the insanity of twitter reactions mm-hmm. like so p- some posts i saw from people were, were like um people on twitter be like just your friendly reminder that insane rambling yeah <laughs> or yeah. i'm a starving child I'm a child. I'm a starving child starving to death. And this is the very last thing I've ever read. Goodbye. (laughs) And I see your tweet failed to mention all context and exceptions. Prepare to be exterminated. (laughs) (laughs) It just is. I really think that 2020 broke people's brains. Well, because in that everybody, it's like the more we started talking about police brutality racism and classism the more desperate everybody became to find their oppressed identity and call out culture Mm -hmm. got worse it's like people don't dumb people don't understand where the line is 
Where it's like, yeah, yeah some people are privileged on Twitter mm-hmm. and saying obnoxious things. This isn't one of them. No, though. this is not one of them. Like, I remember seeing a tweet, okay, mm, like month three of lockdown. Okay, so this is when everything was very, very bleak. And I do remember seeing this person being like, honestly, it's such a good time to be alive right now. Such wonderful things are happening for me. And I was like, okay, maybe you don't. Yeah, or that. people tweeting about like buying a house in 2020. Sure, sure, sure. It's like, now's not the time. It's just not the time. I did see this. Someone replied, you haven't been married long, have you? And then someone else replied, it just seems like a lot of y'all marry people you should never have married. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I think that about people who... Who um, openly hate their spouses. Or openly hate their children. Yeah, I'm like, don't do this, dude. Like, people who were obsessed, obsessed with telling me how little sleep I was going to get once I had Ramona. Oh, my God. It's like, I know. Yeah. I'm sorry that, like, you hated having kids, but, like, I'm choosing this and I'll deal with it. Yeah. And I know. And it's, like, settle the fuck down. Yeah. Seriously. I think people just, like, they're, like, let's be miserable. Yeah. I'm miserable and... I want to make sure that you are also miserable in this same circumstance. And it's like, well, maybe you just need to be with somebody different. Yeah. Or maybe you weren't having kids for the right reasons. Or like, I'm sorry that you weren't prepared for how hard it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and also Please don't like try to make me think I'm going to hate being a parent just because you do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 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 And I'm not talking about people who are like, speaking their own peace of mind about their own experiences. I'm talking about people who their reaction to me talking about (laughs) being pregnant and having a kid. And this is why I didn't talk about it before having Ramona. This is why I didn't, part of why I didn't want to talk about being pregnant is because I didn't want to hear everybody's fucking opinion about my pregnancy. Right. I didn't want to hear, I didn't want people giving me, I didn't want strangers giving me advice. Mm. I didn't want strangers telling me like how hard it was going to be. I don't like, stop i have had i remember um i seeing and i and i, I agreed with th- this is making me think of this um there was i forgot who it was um but there was this uh streamer who was uh streaming a lot and i remember she was like uh oh that's what it was she was like um i'm having so she's had like chronic back pain really bad chronic back pain so she was like i'm having really really bad flare-ups and like i need to uh go uh I need to take a break from streaming because it's like so much sitting. Um, and at and she like had to follow up and be like, please do not give me advice for yeah, my I'm back. just letting you know what's going on with me. Yeah. She and she was like, This is not like like an thank invitation. you, but like this is not an invitation. Yeah. You're not my doctor. Like, I'm just letting you guys know that like I have to stop for a little bit. Yeah. But it's just that thing of like it, I know that like you're trying to help, but like I often I don't know. It's just it's just so transparent to me when someone is like so actively miserable and like unhappy with their life. I mean, but then what do you do, right? What do you do if you are in an unhappy? Well, <laughs> <laughs> you make a change. <laughs> I was about to say, if you're in an unhappy marriage, what do you fucking do? <laughs> oh my god. 
that's what you fucking do. You don't that's go what around. You, do. you don't it, go and yell at people on Twitter. No, about it. <laughs> I don't go and like find people that are like, I love talk, hang out with my husband and be like, um, well, some of us. <laughs> this was another really funny tweet I saw uh, about this. Um, mm-hmm. My wife, parentheses, she's a good person. And I wake up every morning, parentheses, grateful, and bring her <laughs> coffee. It's fair trade. Out to our garden. Our parents helped us with the down payment and sit and talk for hours before before we start work. It never gets old. I realize this may change. I love her. Because <laughs> that's what you have to do. That's how you have to talk on Twitter if you don't want the world to attack you. It's like this is... It's like that whole like the the whole the goal of Twitter or every day on Twitter, there's a main character and the goal is never to be it. Right. And this w- woman did not deserve to be I know, a main like character. she's the Twitter villain of she today. Did nothing this wrong. This poor woman who's just like is living this lovely life with her husband. Yes. I mean, come on. Like if the unattainable privileged one percent dream is to have a little garden and be able to enjoy conversation with your husband yeah sorry i'm part of the problem yeah this is what i also want i have like we're renting a house now and we have a, a little yard mm-hmm. and i bought patio furniture mm-hmm. and i i have a a partner who i love and a daughter who i adore yeah <laughs> and this is what i want for me and if i want this version of that for others if like i want your version of that for you why can't you i know <laughs> settle the fuck down i know it's just this thing of like my god well i'm miserable so you better be because also like i've been like wor- working on my place a lot like improving it mm-hmm. and like putting um like i've been buying a lot of like uh different plants and planting them and stuff and like trying to make it like a really sweet little environment and it's like i i don't this this is the other thing there's a lot of assumptions going on if you look at the situation that i have and think well she's really got it all it's like you don't know (laughs) what kind of fucking nightmare has been happening inside of my life and my brain like Mm -hmm. for so long like you don't know like what this person's been living like you don't know her life experience like god forbid she has like a like uh, it's like she shouldn't have to let you know that she's like experienced sexual trauma and like well, and used she to have a disability to, that to she's valid. like or a chronic pain disability that she's since managed with medication and that like she was unhoused for 20 years before like she shouldn't have to qualify yeah her well, happiness she, for strangers on the internet and she shouldn't have even had to have experienced any of those things to have to 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 be, be allowed love yeah it's Jesus Truly, Christ, you guys, come like, on. Calm the fuck. It's like that that one tweet that I do like refer to often is uh that's enough activism for today. Yeah. yeah. Like everybody thinks that yelling at this woman is somehow activism. It's mm-hmm. not. You're just yelling at a woman who said that she enjoys her life. This is the other uh, you know, okay, uh, how am I going to phrase this? I feel like this is the same answer to a different writing prompt, to a different Twitter writing prompt, right? So like usually the Twitter writing prompt is this person being like, I've suffered. And then other people replying and being like, well, not like I have. Mm-hmm. You can't have suffered because I have chronic pain. Mm-hmm. Whatever, whatever. And I'm speaking as somebody who has chronic pain from fucking sciatica all the time. It's fine. I don't consider it. Cr- it's flare ups. It's not whatever. It's it's fine. But it's like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. 
Okay. Yeah, I have that. But like you, right you now, both my wrists that. are fucked and my sciatica, and it's like really hard to pick yeah. up Ramona right now. Yeah, it's you know, it's so there's that, and then there's this prompt, which is I'm so happy, and it's the same response, which is mm-hmm. well, I've suffered, I have this, I have that, and it's just this p- fucking main character. I know I'm screaming, main character like. Like, well, I need to make sure that I'm the fucking special one. I'm the one who's gone through the fucking hero's journey, not you. And guess what, bitch? None of us fucking matter. Nothing matters. So the only thing that you can have is love and the things around you and fucking enjoy that shit. And let other people enjoy that shit. Yes. That's what every, and that's for everybody. And like, isn't that a lovely thing that everyone gets to have that? And I know that it's harder Truly for some people. Unhinged. But like you don't behavior. know people's lives. You're unhinged. Get off the fucking internet. Yeah. If if a woman enjoying her life is that upsetting to you, you need to shut down your Twitter. Account. Oh my God. I was laughing so hard. So someone someone did a screen grab and like just said, I love this website. Because it was someone saying, Well, get off the fucking internet. And then someone replied with, Well, some of us don't have that option. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you have to be on Twitter reading this woman's tweet. Uh, That's how I manage my chronic pain, is being on the internet. Um, But anyway, if you have chronic pain, I I wish you the best uh, recovery, and I hope that you uh, feel better. Um, But yeah. Yeah, it's not that I don't, I'm not like, her being happy is not insensitive to your issues. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Boy. Just let people live, my God. Yeah, midnight club. Mm. or in the midnight club case let people die do you think do you think that um amesh is going to uh ask um i forgot her name his girlfriend um katsuki to uh assisted suicide him to dr gavorki and him no you don't think so no i don't think that's gonna happen i think because that is what happened with spence and anya in the midnight club book yeah i like the fact that that mike flanagan didn't choose to do that for Anya in the show. Mm-hmm. I you think, think that's burned? It's not going to happen. I think he is too anti-suicide mm. for that to... I think it, choosing not to do it for Anya means he's not going to do it at all. Right. Right. I think it was a little bit of a cop-out that Anya then was like, no, I want to live. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not like, people killing themselves but i'm also not against the right to die yeah me too i i am not against the right to die either um because if truly if there's no other fucking way out and all you see is this slow degrading of she's your a terminal illness yeah, yeah. she's and in horrible pain you know in the book because i reread the book as well um, I, I i felt like it was such a poignant and like sad thing of when he's describing anya's pain that she cannot escape her body you can't leave it Mm -hmm. and then so you grow to despise it and that's so sad yeah um and i don't know i just felt like you know what it is i felt like these books were written and i can't speak as to christopher pike's personal life but these book this book midnight club was written with such familiarity with maybe illness or pain or whatever written with such empathy for people who go through that or near death mm-hmm. yeah. whereas we this, do know he got in a 
really bad car accident, but I think it was after this book. Oh, really? But I do know that, <laughs> I just copied what you said, but I do know. Uh, but I sensed that this, this I don't know where, it just didn't feel as lived in for these characters. Because I didn't really believe that any of these characters besides Amesh and Anya were dying. And I think that Amesh mm -hmm. goes through much of what Anya in the book went through. This, like when he A is- degrading of her And just like body. his mentality too, where he was like, when he is telling her, his girlfriend, like, I see like the vision in my left eye is going and I know that like once that happens, it's pretty close. There's not mm -hmm. much time. And like just him realizing and being so scared and just saying like, fuck, like that. I I, I was really, really moved by that. I, it That felt very real to me. Mm -hmm. But it didn't feel like the other characters were dying. No. I thought the the moment between Ilanka and Kathy was well done. Oh, yes, it was. I liked that. Mm -hmm. And I liked that Kevin was there to see it and and called her out on it. Yes, I liked that too. I would say like in the book, he forgives her and isn't mad at her at all. And I yeah. preferred the version of him being mad at her. Yeah, because it makes sense. Like it's like she was being very yeah. cruel. Yeah. Um, Which she knew. But that's the other thing. It's that like even that, right? Like even that moment, I think didn't ring as cruel as the book. And I would have liked her to really lean into like how selfish this character is. But she's not. She's not very flawed at all. And this. this is like her one moment. Yeah. Her one moment of weakness. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's like, she's too perfect. Mm -hmm. I mean, it kind of, like. <sighs> well, she does believe her. To Julia. That it's going to be her. And she's she's being drawn in by this Shasta woman who turns out to be Julia Jane. Yeah, Julia Jane. It, yeah. Um, it more got at it then, but it just like overall, it wasn't really nailing that mm -hmm. aspect of Ilanka. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, just eat. So with the Wicked Heart, so we started to get into it. The mm. Wicked Heart cut out the part where it was about Nazis. And the way mm -hmm. I saw it, the way I remember it, maybe if I reread it, I mm -hmm. would disagree with myself or maybe I, I'm remembering wrong. Um, but in my mind, it wasn't that it was letting Nazis off the hook by saying like the Nazis were um, being possessed by a supernatural evil. I interpreted it as it was such an evil that the evil lived on through the generations. I, I, I guess I viewed it as being more symbolic than than letting Nazis off the hook. Well, and it was like that it was mostly um what's her name that the the woman uh fuck who were the important Nazis? Let's see. I forget. <laughs> Google. Uh I think like Himmler's girlfriend. Yeah. Um so it was like mostly her. Uh-huh. And then it like and then it lived on into uh and went into Dusty. Mm -hmm. Um but it to me hmm it wasn't that all of them were because like Hitler wasn't possessed, you know? Yeah, it's not like it was like all Nazis. Yeah, it wasn't all Nazis. Hashtag not all Nazis. Hashtag not all Nazis are possessed by demons. No, it doesn't, it doesn't let them completely off the hook. It's not like that. Um, um, it's just that like it was this one woman who was so evil that like yeah. she liked being around the Nazis <laughs> yeah. because they were evil. Yeah, but I don't, I don't disagree with you. I don't think that like 
human beings should be let off the right. hook for the atrocities of Nazis then and now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I was bummed that no Nazi shit was in the show. Yeah, I mean, I love when Nazi stuff is it, in shows. That's like, yeah, it was such a creepy thing. Yeah. Um, so I didn't love the that adaptation for that reason, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. so much got left off. Yeah, I did like that it was like this generational thing. I thought that the imagery of the screaming people could have been scarier. I did not think they were scary at all. I thought some of the people looked like they didn't really know what to do. Um, that's just me as a viewer. Like when they're all standing there screaming at him silently. I was like, like yeah. some of them like really didn't know what to do with their mouth. Like I, I was like, this something's off here. We needed to get another take of this because everyone's not on the same page about the vibe. Because some people were just had mouths open, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what's Not happening? all of the extras were going the extra mile. No. There were some that looked scary, but some just looked whatever. <laughs> um, I also thought that Ilanka, when she's like, you're, um, when she's like, oh, um, you're being too hard on the Dusty character. And I was like, no. No, he's he, murdering people. He murdered women and children. So, you know. Like, I get that it was supposed to be a reflection of how Kevin felt. Yes. About himself. Right. But no, the Dusty does character straight up murdering people. Mm-hmm. He's a serial killer. So mm-hmm. I think we can be a little hard on him. Yep. Um, so Which makes perfect heart. sense is something Ilanka is telling because she, she sees herself as being Julia. I know. I know. A, a beautiful magical healer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Alonka thinks really highly of herself. I, I, I will say that in that regard, the show got at that, but also it didn't feel like the show knew that it was doing that. Yeah. Which goes back to the conversation we started this off with. Yeah. Which is that I feel like the show doesn't realize Alonka's weaknesses, even as it is writing them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when she's when she's casting herself as, uh, what's the character? Imani? Oh, yeah. They changed her name. It's not Julia. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and she like ah, uh, okay, hmm. I will say that the parts where they're like, "Wow, we see her in the water with the fireflies." That was so funny. I <laughs> thought that that looked very like touched so by an angel. Cheesy. Like yes. it looked. <laughs> I was, I, like, I was like, does it know it's cheesy or is it just doing this i can't tell is this an earnest moment on the part of the show or no i really couldn't tell i very funny i I was (laughs) laughing but i don't know if i should have been you know what i mean yes and in the book which like i recommend everybody reread which or listen to our episode because julia turns into a straight up murderer yes murderess like out for blood yeah in that book and in this julia is just like so pure <laughs> yeah and so magical yeah. and all she wants is to just it's to just like heal, heal people um i actually you know which story i really liked was um which is interesting because uh uh i i actually liked the one uh the vcr one i thought that that yeah i didn't have I a problem with the changes in that i thought that yeah. that was a pretty faithful adaptation in yeah. in tone and 
message. Yeah, I liked yeah. that one a lot. Mm-hmm. I, that one felt like felt like the and a uh, Christopher Pike book. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah that, I that felt one. like the experience of reading the book. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the other adaptations? Um, oh, we didn't give me a kiss. Oh yeah, which was the noir thing, which was so fun. Turned it into a black and white noir. That was yeah, that was really fun. I liked that one a lot. Um, just Road to Nowhere killed me. Road to Nowhere fucking killed me because I love Road to Nowhere so much. I I do really love Road to Nowhere. Jack and Poppy's story, John and Candy. We got none of John and Candy's story. It's like I I understand that you can't. You can't, you can't take all of the book and turn it into just an episode if you're also trying to have the larger show. So then don't do it. Yeah. Don't burn this book just for this little bit of payoff. And I feel the same way about See You Later. See You Later, I I thought was like kind of sloppy. See You Later is the one where um, he's a video game designer and he falls in love with Becky in the store. Becky has a boyfriend. Oh, right, right, right. And then it turns out that them them come back in time. Yeah. Yeah. That I think was a pretty sloppy adaptation. That one is tough to adapt, though, I will say. Oh, yeah. For sure. So again, like, why? Then don't do it. (laughs) Yeah. Then don't do it. If you can't do it well, don't do it. Yeah. If you can't really give it the time and the budget and the the weight, mm. then why are you burning through this book that I love? And that I know for a fact you love too. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is a Christopher Pike mm-hmm. fan making this show. A Christopher mm-hmm. Pike super fan contacted him as a teenager wanting to adapt a book of his, wrote out like a script I believe, and sent it to Christopher Pike wanting to make it. Like, he has wanted to do this forever. He's going to be mm. also adapting season... What is season that, of book? Passage? Yes. It just didn't feel to me like this came from a Christopher Pike fan because the adaptations weren't... It didn't feel like Christopher Pike. It didn't feel like reading a Christopher Pike book. It felt like watching a Mike Flanagan show. It didn't feel like reading a Christopher Pike book. I Whereas would say that his Street, other shows felt better to me than this yes. as well. Also, the other shows were better shows. They're just like more more my And I have my, my problems with Midnight Mass. I think way too much monologuing. Is it, it now a, a defense like of the monologuing in that though? A something small I've heard. Community theater play. Sure. Um the defense of the monologuing that I've heard of this. Now I have not seen it yet, so I will reserve my judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do plan to watch it soon, actually. Um, but a defense of the specific monologuing is that is that it is in that is that it is from a preacher who is like that is kind of an oratory kind of. But every character does thing. it. Oh, is it everyone? Every single character. Oh, in word. fact, the per- the character who does it the most is Mike Flanagan's wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who is just a, who has a truly appalling to me, especially uh, now that I have been pregnant and had a child the yeah. most appalling storyline great not in a and that's not a criticism that is just like oh my god a horrifying story sure 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 <laughs> i did like story. i i will say i did really love experiencing you texting me while watching this while watching Mid- <laughs> midnight mass because you were like nothing's happening nothing's happening and then you were like holy shit what <laughs> everything's the fuck? happening everything's happening everything's happening <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I, so that, for yeah, that reason, it, I'm excited to experience like that. Five episodes, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Okay. But yeah, yeah I, heard, I me, hear episode it, six is the where it kind of maybe it pops six, off. Yeah. Um, yeah. Midnight Club. It feels like a Mike Flanagan show and doesn't feel like a Christopher Pike book. 
Yeah. That's my overall critique. Whereas like Fear Street, the movies, the Netflix movies strayed from the source material, but in a way that made it feel even more like a Fear Street book. The experience of reading a Fear Street book. Yeah, then really the Fear did. Street books feel themselves to me as an adult. And on top of that, did so without being beat by beat adaptations mm-hmm. plot wise, but did feel as if they lived, breathed, were the soul of Fear Street books. Yes. Um, and, and so that's just like kind of, um, I, I would say this is not my favorite Mike Flanagan. I did have moments where I did really like this. Um, I, in fact, I, say, I, feel, I feel the exact same way about Haunting of Hill House, unfortunately. Mm. I like Haunting of Hill House. Why are you adapting this and making it feel like your thing instead of the right. thing? I, here's the thing. I really liked Haunting of Hill House. Um, we do differ on that. Except, well, I, I don't, except the thing for, is, like, with both Haunting of Hill House. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry. No, 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 you're right. I mean, except for the final episode, I was like, well, so we just really uh, ruined the whole thing then, didn't we? And I don't, I look, look, he does great work. I did think Haunting of Hill House at least was scary. Yeah. At I'll, least it was I'll scary. It this was not scary, I don't think. It was just a completely different story. And I don't know why you would make the male character the writer while you're yeah. making the character named Shirley not the writer. Yeah, and That's I I agreed with thing, you, though, but I I just didn't feel like oh, sorry, uh um interrupting so much. No, it's okay. Um Go ahead. I I I I agree with you that it shouldn't have been a, an adaptation. Haunting of Hill House. It should have just been its own thing. And mm-hmm. I think that would have I think made me a lot happier. Um I really liked certain moments in, of Haunting of Hill House. Um and I think it was helped by the fact that um the woman who plays uh Ness? Nell. Nell was v- is a very good actor. Yeah, that actress is great. Yeah. And so I think it's like she carries a lot of the moments really well. Mm-hmm. And she's um, in my manner too. Yeah, she's great. She's very, very good. I like her a lot. Um, so I think maybe it's like that. And, and I just think some of the scares are like undeniable in. Yeah, it's really, that it. show is really creepy. But um, I really hated the last episode, so. I wish that it just had just ended at the penultimate. <laughs> it just feels it's that it's like when your adaptation feels so thoroughly like your voice and not the voice of the work. It's just like then why? Yeah, and then why ad- why adapt? Didn't you didn't you want to bring the feel of the thing itself yeah. to life? Yeah. Why are you using it just as a jumping off point for your own thing? And I mean, and that's a skill, right? Adapting is a skill. Like do being able to write in somebody else's voice is a skill. And I don't think it's mm-hmm. better than having your own voice. I don't think so. It's just different. I, it's just different. And so like, because like for me, for example, I am such a narcissist and I'm so self-involved that I'm like, I don't want to adapt other people's stuff necessarily mm-hmm. because I want to make my own shit. Let me make a, a couple of things in my own shit first, and then I can see if I want to adapt, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, except funny enough, it seems like the <laughs> the way into the industry I now know, is, is to adapt, adapt somebody else's thing and then make your own thing. I know, I know. <laughs> so then maybe you have to just kind of put your head down and fucking do the shit, and then mm-hmm. whatever. Hey, look, I'm not turning down any jobs. I'm just saying, <laughs> I my dream if I had my druthers, you know, it's yeah. to just do. And he seems to have his druthers, is what I'm saying. Well, it's like I appreciate. It's like I didn't. I have my criticisms of Midnight Mass, mm. but it's 
entirely original. It's entirely his. And I certainly cannot fault it for being in his like good. It, it should be your voice. It's your show. Yeah. It's a completely original work. Yeah. Yeah. I just think that there is a way to have your voice married to well, the source material better. There's a better way to do it. You can still have your cake and eat it too with an adaptation. Yeah. And I think Leigh Janiak does a yeah. perfect job of that with Fear Street. Exactly. There was a ton that was original about the Fear Street movies, mm-hmm. but it still felt like the experience of reading a Fear Street book. Mm-hmm. 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 And Midnight Club, the book, mm-hmm. makes sense to me as a Mike Flanagan adaptation because it probably is closest to a Mike Flanagan mm-hmm. thing. But in adapting the other books, not so much. So it's just like, yeah. why are you going to burn through seven things? Except I would love, say, and uh, the ones that I would say are successful. Sorry, sorry. Uh, no, the ahead. ones that I would say are successful are um, the VCR one and see, give me a kiss. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought those two were really good. Um, and I think it's because and- Eternal Enemy is already kind of a Mike Flanagan evil thing. Mm-hmm. And then give me a kiss. He went so far in a genre direction that it like called mm-hmm. out what was fun about the book. Mm-hmm. And you know what's interesting? The 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 additional characters that were like invented for the show, I think could could very well exist in a Christopher Pike story. Mm-hmm. Like they felt they felt more Christopher Pikey to me than Alonka did, which yeah. I think is interesting. Alonka didn't feel like much of a character to me. She just felt like she seemed kind of passive, funky. Is that what we're gonna say? That's that's you know what that is a generous reading of what that character is. To me, I felt nothing, and maybe that's just because I was feeling bitchy when I was watching it. I've been I through mean, a phase. I didn't really feel anything for her being <laughs> spunky. <laughs> it's just that like that seemed all she was. Is she's like ambitious yeah. and like proactive. That is like. Mm-hmm. a studio that a note studios love to give is like make the character proactive to me that's like not what makes a character fun or interesting i don't think yeah i when i say when i criticize a character for being passive hmm i don't mean in the sense of uh like make them proactive i mean because i think there's some really wonderful characters who things happen to right mm-hmm. um if that's intentional and it's not just, I don't know what to do with this character, right? Like, I think um, yeah. Will Ferrell's character in Stranger Than Fiction is a really good example of a passive character that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's like they still have to have a character. Yeah, they have to be somebody. I have to know just, who they like, are. Ilanka just seemed like pure go get them. Yeah. I should be able to look at that character and tell you, make an educated guess as to if they prefer Coke or Pepsi, you know? <laughs> like, you know, just like be like, I bet you that person likes it. With Alonka, <laughs> I have no fucking idea. I don't know what she likes. I don't know what she wants, you know? Yeah. 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 I didn't love this. Yeah. I, yeah. Which is a giant bummer. Yeah. I really, I wanted to like it more than I did. I didn't hate it. I don't um, think it's a bad show. No. It's just not what I wanted from these books. And that's the tricky part of adapting something. Yeah. It's because really hard to please. You'd have no expectations. Fan. Yeah. I mean, God, imagine. I'm working and I, I, my current job is a reboot. I am trying to reboot yeah. something. I, I yeah. understand. I'm going to get this. And you're going to face that shit storm, shit. dude. I'm going to get a real shit storm. And it's not going to be fun. Mm-hmm. 
But, but also, <laughs> it doesn't change how we feel about this. Yeah. You can still feel how I you understand feel about it's this. hard. I, 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 I understand very well that it's hard. I'm currently doing it. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's like really difficult. Yeah. To try to make it your own, but also make it true to the thing. Yeah. It's really hard. Um, but you know what? That doesn't make me hate anybody involved in it. Um, I, yeah, I'm no, very I'm just like, this is what he did with it. It's not what I would have done with it. Sure. Um, and, and I am very curious to see if this gets a season two. I'm going to guess probably not. Yeah, but I, he, he does have like an overall deal, but they can probably Maybe. just be like, well, we don't want more of this, but we do want more of you. Sure. Make something else. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Only time know. will tell. We'll see. Maybe this will be like, remember when we were like, Donald Trump's not going to be president. <laughs> and then it happened. We're always so sure about things. And then, you know. Like, yeah, this lockdown's going to last eight weeks. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was Mid- uh, Midnight Club. Um, I, I don't know. I think I if you I like Mike Flanagan, I'd say watch it. Yeah, watch I'd it. I'd say watch it. If you like Mike Flanagan and or you like these books, you should definitely check it out. Yeah. And there Support are some great moments Pike. in it, for sure. I'm really, I'm glad that this is bringing more attention to Christopher Pike books. I want them to get more love. Yeah. I love Christopher Pike. I, this, doing this podcast is just like giving me a new appreciation for him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I want I more people like to discover like, Christopher Pike I, stuff. We, I originally suggested that we make an episode revisiting each book and talking about the adaptation on the show just because I wanted an excuse to reread the books yet again. Like that's how much I love Christopher. Yeah. Uh, So as, as something getting his name out there, God bless. Yeah. Doing God's work. (laughs) You're saying I wanted to make it. I know. Bitter. I did. I wanted to as well, (laughs) even though I was just saying how I don't want to do adaptations. I'm like, but like, I know my strengths, you know, you know what I'm saying? That's the thing. I know my strengths. Um, yeah. Yep. Watch it. Uh, watch it. Reread his books. Yeah, watch it. Yeah, yeah. Reread his books. Because really, I, I was glad for the opportunity to reread um, what I was able to reread in the time that we had. Uh, and it was it was really, I was like, damn, like, Midnight Club is seriously one of his heavy hitters. Like, I still mm-hmm. think, let me okay. see, what are my some of my favorites of his? Obviously, Monster. Probably, oh, yeah. The Monster is what I, I want to make Monster. I want to make Last Vampire. I want to make Starlight Crystal and Scavenger Hunt. Spellbound. Dude, they're so good. Spellbound was so good. Oh, my God. Remember Me is good. Remember Me. There are still so many good things to do. I just really wish. I will say Midnight Club is a heavy hitter. That one is, like, really fucking yeah, good. I'm probably really, really still going to try to re- reread Road to Nowhere if I can. I loved Road to Nowhere. Manage to keep Ramona on my fucking nipple for <laughs> yeah for 20 minutes at a time. It's so well, weird. She'll, like, she won't she'll get stay latched it. well while I'm trying to read. It's the strangest thing. I don't understand it. Anti-reading. She just fine. Anyway, <laughs> mom problems, am I right? Mm-hmm. Mom problems, you're trying to reread your Christopher Pike book and your yeah. baby won't stay mm-hmm. latched. Mom no idea. Problem. Can't relate. <laughs> Imagine if one of your cats just kept batting your book out of your hand. I mean, there is this thing. So I was watching... Um, uh, I Hold on one second. Um... So I was watching um, one of these episodes on my phone. And for some reason, LH hates the sound of like my phone speaker. Like if I'm ever on speakerphone, she will like so jump up and swat yeah. it out of my hand. Edwin it must doesn't be like some it frequency. doesn't really like it either. It must be like a high frequency that we can't hear. Yeah, it's something about the sound 
that that specific speaker creates. On the other side of it, though, Noodle really likes um, music. She likes when I sing to her. <laughs> so I sing to her sometimes. But it's mostly just like songs about her, <laughs> like <laughs> nonsense songs. Oh, so and she's just a narcissist. Yeah, she's a complete narcissist. <laughs> It's more just me being like, noodle, you're so noodle. <laughs> like just singing and she like fluffs her tail up. But I had so much really good baby time with noodle today. Um, mm. This is how pathetic my life is. I was in bed like hold, cuddling her, holding her like a baby. And I was like petting the back of her head and her eyes were just like rolling around and she was purring a lot. Mm. Um, it was great. It was for like 15 whole minutes. It was really cool. <laughs> I completely uh, relate. <laughs> I feel like that whenever Edwin like drapes and like like yeah. like leans on me or drapes yeah. himself across my lap, or, and Ramona laughed for the first time the other day. I, oh my god! And we like we were crying. It was so exciting. It was like I can't even describe the level of joy I felt. It was like that's so, so all perfect. The buttons in my brain being pushed. It was so cute. We haven't been able to get her to do it again, but. Oh, she just goes in and out of being that focused on us, but she was just like all of a sudden she thought Mike was so funny. That's so cute. Oh, <laughs> that's so cute. Oh my gosh, you're gonna have so many fun first moments. I'm so excited. I love, I love her. That's so good. That'd be so funny if you were just like, I don't know, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure that happens for women. I'm sure it does, and that's called postpartum depression. Uh, tough, tough, tough. Um, oh, I was gonna say, I, I. At one of the points that I interrupted you, um, mm. <laughs> I wanted to say, I do not, just because I don't like a thing doesn't mean I w actively want to make others dislike it. If you liked, and by you, I mean you, Kelly, and also the larger audience, if sure. you like Haunting of Hill House, if you like the Midnight Club adaptation show, good, I'm glad. I don't want to take that from you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, just giving I feel my like opinion. Oftentimes when we are saying like, I didn't like this thing, unless it is actually actively bad, which I've said that about yes. certain things, 99% of the time, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying I didn't like something. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think that I liked, I liked this okay. Uh, I did not feel, hmm. It was like, I wasn't elated. Show. But yeah, it uh, wasn't yeah. everything I wanted it to be. Right, right, right. Well, <sighs> So thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Um, make sure you check it out. Uh, uh, thank you to everybody um, who gives on our Patreon, patreon.com slash teamcreeps. We got a lot of really cool stuff on there for you. Um, and a special personalized thank you to our Patreon producers. Thank you, Aaron Fernandez. Adam Howitz. Amanda Kay. Amanda Nangle. Amy T. Caitlin L. Carrie Ham. Christina Descaro. Courtney McPhail. Danielle Lamana. Danny B. Drew Waranis. Ellie Lagos, Elisa R, Emma, Emma M, Aaron B, Gabriela Santiago, Gabrielle T, Gianna Fernandez, Gwendolyn Ludovic, Hannah L, Jason H, Jeremy Cronk, Jeremy Goodfellow and Marco Pavlicic, Jesse T, Jessica U, Jonathan Venable, Karen Lewis, Kat Miller, Katie Olsner, Keith Anderson, Kelly Burns, Carrie N, Coy, Landry Desmond, Larry Wynn, Laura Hooper, Megan Lozier, Melody, Micah Eunice, Miguel Camacho, Miranda Hester, Molly G, Molly Marks, Noah Spargo, Rachel Bessert, Rashad B, Randy Klett, Rebecca Goss, Rogue Kalahua, Robert F, Sarah Wallen, Sasha Gibson, Shannon P, Sylvie T, Victoria Beck, and Victoria Gray. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. We really appreciate you um, so, so, so much. <laughs> and thank you, everyone, for listening. If you want to support the podcast non-monetarily, 
Just tell a friend about it. Yeah. Tell your Share. enemy. Share. Tell your tell enemy your lover. Right, right as right as they're about to come, scream it in their face. <laughs> Ding creeps. <laughs> they're like, what? Just really quickly, teen creeps. Just really quickly, teen creeps. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thank you, everyone. We will see you next week. Mm. Until then, keep it creepy. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Kelly Nugent, Lindsay Katai, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com. And subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.